You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent, episode number 61. So have you ever wondered why Chattanooga is called Chattanooga? It's because Chad Poe is from there. I've never, I've never wondered that. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this episode today a part of your day. We're still at it, man. Loving every minute of it. Digging it still. Yeah. So uh, if you're checking us out for the first time, welcome. We're glad you're here. And if you're part of the longer haul, the longer haul listener, like you are still listening and coming on back. Well, welcome on back. Just two guys doing youth ministry. That's us. Yeah, man. And a podcast. Jody, how long have you been doing youth ministry? I forget. 20 years this month I've been a youth pastor, but I did, uh, I was preaching about a year before that. So yeah, man, that means we're old. Yeah. Still doing it, man. Still hanging out with kids. Loving every minute of it. So good times. Absolutely. Yep. You can, uh, find us on the Twitter sphere at Jody Livingston and at Chris Trent. Of course, over on the Facebook at the longer hall. All of the links and resources mentioned in today's episode you can find on the show notes page, thelongerhall.com slash episode 061. And if you really are enjoying the podcast and finding it helpful, make sure you subscribe to the podcast through whatever you're listening, your favorite podcast player, or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else. And... uh Share it with somebody you uh you think also would enjoy it. So, Jody, can I just tell you that I am frustrated with you about something? Yeah? What's that? Well, every time you go to Chewy's. <laughs> That's just, I know this is true. <laughs> Chewy's uh, is this great little Tex-Mex place here in the Atlanta area. God, so and every God. time you go, you send me pictures of that creamy jalapeno heavenly yeah. sauce of theirs. I know it's so good. And you're wearing me out with that. I mean, you're wearing me out. I'm pretty sure there's crack in it because I, I think, just can't stop eating it. Apparently you eat there in that new, what's that burger place you keep going to nowadays? Like what is yeah, that? Yeah, burger. That's down in Midtown though. I drive down to Midtown for that sometimes. Yeah, burger. Okay. That's good, man. They're not sponsoring. Neither one of those places are sponsoring. We just happen to love food. No, but if they want to, we would let them. <laughs> hey, seriously. Come hey, on, I man. would let Chewy sponsor the podcast just for like an unlimited supply of, of ranch. Of the, of not ranch, ranch of the, the jalapeno yeah, sauce. Yeah, the jalapeno sauce. That's right. And chips. They have to give chips. <laughs> chips. Yeah. That are the nacho bar. That's what's amazing about the uh, Chewy's, man. They got man, the nacho, nacho bar. bar. I love the Dang. nacho bar. Yeah, you're tell wearing it's me out. Time to eat. You get to go more than me, but uh, but anyway, it's um, what's funny is I don't really go that often. But yeah. when we don't eat out a lot, but when we do, it's one of those. We've had places. family in town a lot lately, and they always yeah. want to go out to eat. And so I feel like you're on a roll lately, though. I feel like I've been getting more pictures lately. <laughs> well, we've had 
We've had like brothers, two two trips of brother-in-laws showing up, parents yeah. showing up. I hear you. It's great, man, because they say, we'll pay. Take us. Yeah. yeah. Fine. We'll let you. Beautiful. Uh, so it's good. So yeah. It's good. Awesome. Hey, times, uh, shout out to everybody who's jumped in the Facebook group. We've talked about that a few times. Yeah. Um, lots yeah. of new folks. Even yeah. today. Bunch of folks jumping in today. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, like man, a whole bunch of people today. That's been that's been phenomenal. I'm trying to remember where I left off uh, recently. Well, it's cool because uh, even while we were recording the episode, we posted in there. Hey, yeah. literally, record. You'd posted this recording the episode right now. Yeah, what kind sure. of questions do you have? Somebody asked a question right away, and we asked it in the podcast. That's great. I think some of the new folks, Kevin Fegler, Felger, Felger. Maybe Felger, Kevin. I apologize if I'm messing it up. Uh, Ed Brazel, Todd Jones. He's local, man. I know Todd. He's a great guy. Uh, I'm sure the other guys are great too. Uh, <laughs> Dominique Solano. Hey, man. I'm literally adding people right now. I'm, I'm about to butcher this next one, but I, and I probably Brian Barinu. Yeah, what's up, Brian? Oh yeah. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, Nicholas Foster. What's up, Nicholas? And uh, yeah, did you just add some more? Like while yeah, we're talking, just, like while we're adding, yeah, right now there's like there's a man, there's like I'm refreshing. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna be able to do this. There's like there's a there's a whole bunch of people. Anyway, Josh, Josh LeBlue. yeah, what up, Josh? Granberry, I wonder if that's Granberry, Texas. Dude, I'm about to go to Texas. You weren't you just in Texas? Yeah, he's a member of the the Texas Youth Ministry Group, so I'll bet. Josh, what's up, man? I'm headed to Texas soon. Here in a couple of weeks. A few, three weeks, man, I'll be in Dallas, Texas, hanging out. Love Dallas, Texas. Such a great town. Go Cowboys. Awesome. Yeah, so anyway, join our uh, podcast group. We're having a good time with that thing. It's good. Yeah, it's fun. Great podcast today. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff to talk about. We need to get on. We need to just jump on into it quick. Yeah. That's what I- yeah, here. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll jump in right now. Yeah? Are you ready? Yeah, great. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to hold for dramatic pause. Chad Poe, by the way. Chad Poe is awesome. <laughs> Chad Poe, speaker person. Extraordinaire is our guest. He, he kills it, man. He kills it. We already recorded it, and it's so good. Like, it's really good. So, uh, anyway, here we go. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Well, hey, Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking some time out today to jump on here with us. I know you're a busy guy, and uh, some are just around the corner. Things probably getting busier for you. So, man, we're glad to have you on the show. Jim, I'm looking forward Jody. to being here. Jim, he's a pastor. He's a pastor. He's not that busy, bro. Yeah, we only work on Sundays. He's like a full-time pastor now. A real pastor. I, I do lots of things. I do <laughs> That's a good good point. I'm the lead teaching pastor of a church south of Houston, Texas. So it's a transition I made in the last year, and they affirm and encourage my itinerant ministry. So it's good. The Lord's really lined things up. Grateful for this, our church family. Cool. Well, hey, for those who may not know you, aren't super familiar. Why don't you take just a minute or two here and just give a little bit of your background and how you ended up there doing what you're doing now? 
Sure. Uh, I'm originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I went to church there. You don't just start doing this if you don't go to church. But uh, the Lord gave a youth pastor to our church that was just really influential in my view of, of him, in my view of communication. And over a, a long season, the Lord called me to something working with students. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. It was around 19, I guess, 98. I didn't know if I was supposed to grow a goatee or get <laughs> get frosted tips. I didn't know what was supposed to happen. For the record, uh, uh, Chad, I know you've not met Jody in person, but he's still rocking the uh, goatee. And, and, and yeah. And, and no hair on top. Ooh, so uh, that's good. Ahead. That's good. And Chris has uh, naturally frosted tips. Naturally. <laughs> that's so more good. and more with every age. That's so <laughs> every year, right? Yeah. 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 So anyway, I went to seminary and, and God kept giving me opportunities to work with teenagers. I, I work with Fuge Camps for years. Love those guys. I taught Bible study with them for them for three years and then there was an opportunity to be a camp pastor for them around 2002 and I did that for three summers eventually uh, God just kept opening more and more doors for me to to preach while I was in seminary I would have churches that would call and ask if if I was available and I did that around Fort Worth for a while. I'd just show up, and they would pay me in stale pizza. It was a really, really good opportunity just to kind of cut your teeth and learn to do ministry and learn to get to know churches, really. So, it's been Chad, good. did you say so you said you were with Centerfuge? Rewind just for a minute. I'm curious. Did you, um, before you were the camp pastor, were you just a summer staff guy, basically? Is that what you're saying? You know what? From from For years, their camp pastor was a part of the staff. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. But prior to you being a camp pastor, though, you said you did Bible study. For right, them, right. I taught Bible study for them and did recreation, led recreation groups. I grew to yeah. love camp ministry because of those guys. They've been a huge, yeah. Im, they made a huge impact on me. Uh, have had some really, really good camp pastors in those three years that I did not preach. Um, there's a guy named Landon Dowden, great communicator, who yeah. was a camp pastor for me. Uh, there was a guy that not a lot of people have heard of named David Platt who was my camp pastor in 1999. <laughs> so I uh, was able to be around some really good communicators, and it was really beneficial and influential in the way that I see God's Word and the way that I preach and teach. So it was good. I love I, I love those guys. Can't say enough good things about them. So, so somewhere in that, though, you decided to do full-time speaking evangelism you did that full-time so right? absolutely like after the centrifuge camp thing no and how many years did you do that it wasn't before? even after the over there's overlap in all of that. there's just overlap in all of that uh, yeah. yeah 2003 uh my brother was he was sick he had cancer and he would eventually pass away but 
in that season, when I finished seminary, I moved home uh, to to help with him and had no idea what I was going to do with my seminary degree because I had churches that had called me to do various things. And I didn't want to be away from my family during that difficult time. And the Lord provided lots and lots of opportunities, just churches who'd met me here, there, and everywhere, asking, can you do this weekend retreat? Can you do that weekend retreat? So doors were open for me to grow in my calling while I walked alongside of my family during a pretty rough season. So from that point forward, he passed away April of 04. I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do after this summer of camp that's coming? And I realized that I was booked into 2005. So, oh, wow. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So the Lord really did just provide, man, opportunities to that I ha- would have never had any idea existed if not f- for some difficulty in our own li- in my own life and just trusting where he had me. And so you really, I mean, it was over 10 years then of just doing full-time, then speaking from that point up until you decided to be a, I guess, maybe a teaching pastor full-time. Is that about correct? And I know there's some overlap even there because you worked at Chattanooga for a while sure. as like a teaching pastor in the church as well, right? Right. From So I guess 2000 and 2003. Until 2006, I just traveled, and yeah, yeah, there was a pretty weird season because I had a relationship with church, but wasn't super connected to one, and uh, and like I was a member of a church, so but I just kind of realized I needed to be locked in in a church community to understand. Well, one, to understand what it means to be part of the body. Number two, to understand when I would go preach whatever I would go to preach, I wanted to understand sure. what people were walking through. What are pastors walking yeah, through? Because I spend most of my day with youth pastors and pastors. So, Yeah, because that whole time, I mean, just to be clear in case the listeners – not not following i mean you were basically a youth i mean you were a youth speaker you spoke at at teenagers bro i spoke camps, anything anyone would call me to but it was lots of students <laughs> like i'm talking conferences would call but i would also do you know disciple now weekends and i would do women's prayer breakfasts and bar mitzvahs anything that anybody would let me talk at i would go talk and yeah, uh, it yeah. was a really, really, you just develop as a preacher and teacher in that way. But sure. being able to lock into the local church was instrumental in my, just instrumental in the way that I view what the role of an evangelist is. Yeah. So real quick, how did you get to Houston then? <laughs> Well, I'd been in Chattanooga as a teaching pastor to church for nine years and loved those guys. Uh, I got a call uh, from uh, the executive pastor here, and we're a small church that 
we're just reworking through what God's doing and thinking through, okay, how, how do we see growth, both depth and numerical? Um, so he calls me and he's thinking through all those things. And I just kind of felt a sense of it was time to, to take another step uh, yeah. in pastoral leadership. Uh, our church is led by elders. So lots of the things that, uh, about pastoring that I would look at and say, man, I can't do that or I can't grow into that or whatever. Uh, these elders really have come around me and said, Hey, we trust what God's called you to do, you know, but you also have responsibility here. So I've been able to make that transition, not seamlessly, because I live south of Houston, and we had a little hurricane last year. But mm. yeah, hurricanes. We uh, you didn't really have a lot of hurricanes in Chattanooga, there, did you? No, no. There was a high school that's mascot was a hurricane, and that did not. They do not grasp that concept. So <laughs> they're probably not even well, good. We had a. We had, there was a high school near us that was the hurricanes, and they weren't very good either. <laughs> It was wow. never good. Yeah, so you know, I made this transition and looked at my schedule. Just started working out. Okay, when when am I free? My you know my my days are a little. They're scheduled out a little differently now. But again, it's been a really good. I've been here for a little bit over a year, and God's been incredibly faithful to us, and just brought us into relationship with some great people. That's awesome. So Chad here, so early on, so this is, this would be like my 11th episode podcast episode with Jody and early on, um, in the process, I said, Hey, I want to get Chad Poe on. And here's why, here's why just for our listeners as you know, we've got introduction now to you. Um, the reason I wanted to bring you on was I wanted to talk about speaking and communicating with teenagers because I feel like you've done this so much that you would definitely have some great tips for us. We definitely could dig in here a little bit as far as like what it's like to communicate with teenagers. What are some pros and cons that we could come up with there? So let's jump in this thing a little bit here. As far as you being a guy who still does this a lot of weeks out of the year still, and you're, you're still doing a lot of youth camps. Mm -hmm. You're a full-time pastor, but you're also in front of teenagers literally thousands and thousands every year. No doubt. No doubt. About it. That's correct. Oh, right. Sure. I mean, just thousands. And so, yeah. So that said, um, we've got a few things here. I just want you to jump in. Just I'm gonna throw some things out there and you just kind of share with me what comes to your mind. So let's say that uh, we've got someone listening that's fairly new in youth ministry and they're, they're trying to figure out this whole communicating with teenagers thing. And what are some tips that you would have for a newbie, somebody that's new, just learning the ins and out of communication? Like, what are some things uh, that come to your mind when I throw that out there? Well, uh, one of the things that I had to learn the hard way was when I have the immediate thought of, man, this happened and this is such a great illustration. So I 
and I used to be like, oh, I've got this great illustration. Let me build a sermon around this great illustration. And, you know, that's not really the best way to do that because you end up building off of something that is not, that's not ultimate. You know, what God gives us from his word is kind of where you should start. Now, I'm all about illustrations, good ones, bad ones, whatever. But learning to write that stuff down and be able to come back to it as something that um, makes the the dish of your sermon a little more palatable is much better than me saying, okay, my main ingredient for this is what happened to me as I drove down the road and this bird flew into my windshield. That doesn't make for a good sermon. That makes for a bad message. Uh, that was a that was a big thing, and it was helpful for me just to make that transition uh, into okay. My I need to lead with what matters the most, and that's the Bible. So, I would think, Chad. I would think for you that that had to be a hard lesson learned because having having sit under your teaching numerous times and also even having had you come speak to my students one of your strengths is storytelling and we're going to dig into storytelling here in a few minutes but that is a natural i say natural not that you don't have to work at it but that that is a natural strength i think for you um and it's one of the highlights of hearing you speak at times so i'm guessing that was probably a pretty hard lesson to learn early on as a young communicator is that I mean, it's still a lesson that you learn. I, 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 at, yeah. You still have to, you still have to find 40 years. I turned 40 last October. Yeah. Oh super. I mean, I mean super old. I may die yeah. during this podcast, but yeah. <laughs> when I, you know, you're right. Like immediately my mind begins to go to, okay, this could go here and this could be said here and this would help with this. And then if you don't have anything that you're using all those pieces to build around, you've just got a lot of junk and no engine. So let the Bible drive what you're doing. I think that that's one of the things that, that can really get lost in preaching and teaching to anybody. Uh, Another thing that I've noticed lately is there are are lots of guys who are fantastic communicators, but it almost seems like we have this trend towards preaching on, on leadership, and there's nothing wrong with leadership, or preaching and teaching on whatever thing happens to be popular right now. Well, those things shift and I I just don't, I believe what God has shown us in his word, which I believe to be completely authoritative, that doesn't shift. It is what we hold fast to as people who want to see people change because me being a good leader is very helpful but it's God speaking to us through his word that changes people's lives. So, you know, I've just noticed a little bit of that lately. So when you're, let me, so when you are, let's say you're asked to come in and speak at something, generally maybe they've got a theme or they've got a topic you want to teach around. How do you navigate that in terms of what you're saying? Um, 
with the illustrations and with, uh, you know, because I think, or maybe they've got a really cool T-shirt and they yeah, want to yeah. build something around that. You know what? Or, I always ask. Um, uh, one of my first questions is, what is your theme? And here's why I've grown to realize that student pastors, they come up with the theme for an event for a reason. And a group of guys or one or two guys or whomever came up with that event, they did not do that for their health. If they had wanted me just to preach and teach whatever I wanted to preach and teach, they would have said, hey, man, you tell us what you want the theme to be. But if you give me the theme of renovate or whatever your theme would be, then I really should be wrestling with, okay, how do I best help facilitate direction for them? Because they're not doing this for the sake of doing it. They're going somewhere with this. And I want to set a guy up or a girl up or or whomever is – leading those students up so that the the rest of the year I've at least given a really small place for them to come back to. So if you're saying we're going to preach and teach on whatever your theme happens to be, then I begin to wrestle with some key concepts. Okay. So if the theme is, uh, whatever. Love in any language. Love Love in any language. That's the theme. Love. <laughs> if, love in any language. That's what we're going to roll with. Is now. love, love in, any in any language? Uh, I may call <laughs> you back and say that's terrible, but I will. Well, okay. <laughs> what about it's a small <laughs> world, seems, guys. Jody? See, I, I caught your dig there, Jody. <laughs> that stings a little bit for the record because literally while we're recording this right now, my wife is currently in Disney World without me, Jody. <laughs> And so you're just digging. You're just trying to wound me. I, I wish you would stop. Uh, has she sent you pictures Ooh, yet from Disney? Yes. With Facebook I do. I do included. love Disney. So, so there's. I'm just saying. So there's some okay, general. Keep going, my bad. Sorry. Consistent truths that you want to be able to communicate in whatever message. Like you, you want to be able to point out sin. You want to show the Savior. You want to show how he how he shapes us. And how he sends us. Those are th- four words that I always think through whenever I'm putting together a set of or a series of messages for a student event. Now, hey, let's say, can we say, 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 those, say those again? Sure. Sin, Savior, shape, which would be the Christian walk, or, or and send. Like, how do we live mm-hmm. this out on mission for the sake of Jesus? So those are the four S words that I try to bring things back to. Uh, and you, you kind of lay out at some point in your messages, you, you lay out the need for repentance and the one whom you repent to. You repent to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. From that point forward, Jesus begins to shape your life into being what he would have for you to be and how his word helps you to be that. And then because we are obedient to his word as shaped Christians, he sends us on on, on mission. So those are like four words that I try to use for framing and, and everything else. However, there are certain, like your concept or your theme is going to help me to facilitate that a little bit better than... Uh, uh, for your particular needs, if if that makes any sense. 
So if and regardless though, and regardless though, you're not going to hey, I have a great illustration for that though. You're saying you're going to the word. You're going to the Bible first to figure out how to back that theme up in terms of like you're going to dig into scripture and say, hey, here's how I'm going to use God's word to match well, right. up to that theme. That's, that what, what, I'm that's what you would hope, yeah. right? Like what what does the Bible yeah. teach oh, yeah, that no comes doubt. alongside of this really well? I, I don't want to make you I don't want to give you a big head here, but you really are a brilliant storyteller. Okay, that's about the most you're getting from me as far as compliments go. That's kind. Thank you. <laughs> you are great at it. No joke. Love, man. I could sit there and, and, and so that's a, that's a real strength for you. My guess is that some of it's natural, but that, but like anything, even natural, even in, in any type of artist or anything that we, we still need to, we, we have to work on those skills, right? So how do you use your storytelling to your advantage? And then any tips on folks that maybe struggle a little bit with great stories on how to remember those stories? What kind? Mm. What comes to your mind when I throw that out there? Well, when Chad, do you, do you Chad, do you preach from a manuscript or outline or how? Just it, I'm just curious. I have this menu outline that I take on stage with me. Uh, that's somewhere between the two. Uh, it's it's thicker than a than an outline, but it's it's not a word for word manuscript. Uh, you know, lots of times when you now here's the thing: when you you've been able to preach and teach um, a good bit, you start to have, I guess, numerous sermons that you're able to preach. And the more you tell stories, the better off, the better those stories are going to be. I can remember the genesis of some of the sermons that I have preached. Now, that's not saying that I don't ever write new sermons. I write new sermons weekly. But the I remember the first time that I preached uh, this one sermon in particular. And when I went back and listened to that first teaching, it was void of lots of illustration I just had a raw teaching time that I was able to do. Now, I will say, as far as telling stories, you've got to find your spots. And and I want to encourage anybody that is teaching to students, you don't have to be a storyteller. If that's your thing, then that's your thing. If it's not, then do whatever your thing is. But if you want to tell good stories, there are a few things that I try to keep in mind. One is... Uh, I want to keep in mind the goal of the story. Like, what am I trying to get to when I tell this story that is a bigger deal than the actual story? Where do I want to land with this? Because you can get in the middle of a really good story and forget where you're going. And knowing where you're going and knowing what what you want to, where you want to bring a story to helps to set up for helps to set up for people not saying, well, that guy told a great story, but what the heck was he talking about? It also helps people to hear that. You don't want them just to hear stories. You want them to be able to explain to you why you told that. Stories are just a real, honestly, for me, they're another way that I illuminate the points of a sermon. So as far as uh, effective ways to be a better storyteller, uh, I, one of the things that I always try to 
keep in mind is am I setting this am I setting this up with with good words? Am I consistently trying to say this happened and then this happened and then this happened? Because that's not a good storytelling format. A good storytelling format has ebb and flow in it. It's not just me giving off a list of bam, 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 bam. It is more along the lines of this happened, however this happened, therefore this happened. And if that doesn't make any sense, like I, there, there are lots of resources that help with that, but the idea that is behind that comes down to I'm going to tell a story and every phrase of my story needs to matter because if it does not matter, I don't need to use it. Let's set up for the next thing. Let's bring down for the next thing. Let's make sure that we're working in a rhythm if that is what you guys are asking. Yeah, no, that's totally, yeah, that's great. I think one of the things that comes to my mind when I, whenever, and it might be worth just saying this out loud, is, is Chad, you, you, you do a great job of using stories to illustrate your points, like you said, and to illustrate the, the message that you're trying to provide. But another, another form of storytelling, though, is also being able to use God's word and to be able to communicate that and explain that in a story-driven type fashion. In other words, whenever you're reading one of the stories from Scripture, not just a one-verse moment, say, out of Romans, but a story, say, from the Old Testament, a narrative, right? Um, Reading that from Scripture, but then putting that into you know, a more modern day script. If well, when we look at the um, Bible, and that, and that's a, that's a form of storytelling. Oh, I'm sorry also, to right? interrupt you. When we look at the Bible, no, you're good. No, you're good. these stories are downright weird. There are some weird things in the Bible. And for us just to ignore that doesn't make any sense because God knew they were weird when they were put in there. The story of Hosea and Gomer is strange. So if we don't bring out the, and, the awkwardness of what happens there, then we we're doing a disservice to that text. Just, dude, I feel like that with teenagers, especially Chad, because dude, th- there are some moments in scripture where you just have to go. Okay. Let's just acknowledge that this is a sure. little bit awkward. Or, and I, it, a little awkward here to even say it on the podcast, but recently taught from the, the moment in scripture where the dad um, wants Jesus to heal his daughter and Jesus is like, sounds great. Let's go. And then the bleeding woman reaches out and touches, you know, Jesus and is healed. And so, and I'm telling this story in the, a room full of middle school students and to not acknowledge that it's a little bit awkward to talk about right. the bleeding woman. You know, I mean, we just had to I'm like, Hey, okay, listen, I know you're middle schoolers, but yeah. uh, you know, Ask your mom. I mean, <laughs> but to just talk about that, I mean, it's kind of an odd, you know, story. But I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, no doubt. So it's good stuff. Yeah, man. Jody, you good? Still? You still with us? Yeah. Okay. I just make sure. Taking notes and listening. Yeah. Taking notes and listening. Um, okay. Uh, can we change subject or are you good on the uh, storytelling stuff? How do you remember? Do, any tips on, do you write things down, by the way? So. Is that something you do? Yeah. How do you remember? Back in the day, no, no. Back in the day, I used to keep a notepad with me. Now I've got this 
phone that lets me put everything in it. And you can even audio, you know, I, I record some of the things that, that I experience for the sake of story just because there's an inflection in the moment that you don't want to lose. Wow. Okay. Mm, that's good. What are some apps that you use for that? There's just a voice recording app on your phone. You just record it. Oh, okay. Started there. Yeah. Okay, great. Do you do, do you, when you write stuff down, do you use uh do you use anything in particular? Just notes or what? I still like to put pen to paper uh some just because mm-hmm. I, I think the rhythm of writing helps with my memory more than the rhythm of typing. But I'll typically type a story out too and you know, sometimes I'll post it on the blog on my website. Sometimes I won't if there's no conclusion to it for sure. But, you know, when things happen, I always try to make sure that they're that, that I've got something that I'm writing down enough or that I'm typing up enough or that I'm voice recording enough so that when the time is appropriate to use that, that I've got a full understanding of what I experienced two years ago when I was driving home from a Taco Bell, you know, that, that stuff helps. So use everything you've got, have friends. I text when dumb things happen. I text it to friends just to say, Oh yeah, Uh, that way. I mean, that's also a way that you've got a, I guess a log of things that have happened. I know that I text Chris this. I'll look back at my text with Chris. So, yeah, that's kind of never happened before, though. So just to be clear. I wasn't talking about you. But, uh, I was actually talking about another Chris, Chris Pratt. We text a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. So, uh, although I got to be honest with you, right now, like I literally don't know which Chris that is of the, of of all the Chris's. Like I can't. I, what which, is that? Star Lord, man. Which was which? Uh, Star Lord. Okay, I, I can't remember if, if it was Star Lord or Captain America or the. Um, Chris Thor. What? <laughs> yeah, Thor is also a Chris. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. All oh, those Chris's and Chris Trent not in the list. Okay, uh, okay, so let's get crazy here for a minute, Chad Poe. Let's say somebody's listening, and they're pretty. They're already pretty decent at this whole speaking thing. They're really getting a lot of reps, and they find, like you found, that they keep getting opportunities mm-hmm. to speak, and they're kind of, and they see. The traveling evangelist at youth camp or at D now with the amazing green room in the back with all of the great veggie, veggie trays. trays. <laughs> I don't know what events you guys think I'm speaking of. Like, the, the, <laughs> and they're like, dude, dude, I want to do what he does. I want to do what Chad Poe does. I want to travel the world and speak at events with teenagers. So I'm kind of playing a little bit there, but in all seriousness, there are some folks that probably love the idea of doing that. What um, what comes to mind when I say that out loud? What would you say to somebody like that? If they had a moment with you and you're like, hey, I'm thinking about doing what you do. I'm sure there's some good, and I'm sure there's some maybe, okay, we'll be mindful that this is part of the really challenge of this. You know, what are some positives and negatives, I guess? Well, one of the big things that I try to keep in mind is this isn't just an hour a day. So you go to an event for four days and it's not just you speaking for an hour every day. There's more to it. When I go to a camp, I like to be present at recreation. Uh, I like to be able to, to spend time with student pastors. You're talking pretty full days if you're doing this well and you're doing this right. Uh, 
where you're in the cafeteria and people see your face, those things, they carry a long way. They carry more than what you say on stage. What they really do is they set up they set you up for a time when you're talking. So if guys want to travel and preach just so that people can listen to them talk for an hour a day, that's not great. And there are, you do see that, you know, from time to time and you'll catch that and you'll pick that up from someone. And it's sad because that, like, that's not, that's not the goal of this. The goal of what we do as guys who uh, travel and preach and try to communicate God's word is how can I best minister to these people that I happen to be with. And you're a pastor in the moment for whatever event that happens to be. Now you have the luxury of redirecting to 20 to 30 student pastors or college pastor or whomever, but you are shepherding moments. Now, if it's a guy's really wanting to do this, I would encourage a few things. One, I would say, have you thought about seminary? Uh, if I think that seminary is incredibly beneficial to learning how to use the tools that you've got. So I, I think that's what I say the most. Like if you consider Batman and he's kind of a big deal, Batman had a utility belt. Well, he, he had to learn to use the utility belt. Those, those, those things were there and they functioned in a way. But he learned to use those. Seminary taught me how to use my utility belt. It taught me how to use storytelling. It taught me how to use my Bible. It, all, all of these things. It was helpful. Uh, if you're wanting to do this, you've got to think through, okay, how is this going to impact my family? Does If you have a family. is What's my wife think about me not being home? What's my, what are my kids? How is this going to affect them? And then you've got to also figure out, so when I am home, how am I going to dial in? Because you're tired from traveling, but you still got to invest in the family that God has given you and the, and the people that God has surrounded you with. So those are things that anyone who would want to do this needs to be considering in just from a couple of different angles. No, that's good. Yeah, that's real, real good. Awesome. <sighs> Yeah, man. Yeah. I think there would be a lot of folks that, you know, think about that, but you know, it's, um, and Chad, I don't do near, 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 near as much as you've done, but in the process of just traveling a little bit, you know, to speak at different conferences and stuff, it, um, I mean, it, it costs something, you know, in terms of, of time and energy and family and, um, it's just one of those things that you really need to be called to. And ultimately what I know is it's got to be more than just the quote unquote, like you said earlier, just the, so you can be heard or you can be seen. Cause at the end of the day, that's just not going to, that's going to be not going to be enough to make up for what it's actually costing you. And that also ages out, right? So when I'm 20, when I was 25 years old, and doing this because I was, I was in a different place than I am now in the way that I preached in the way that I, and who wanted to spend time with me, you know, those things. And you've got to learn to navigate that because this was for me, it's been a, a long haul. Like over the course of time, the Lord has 
evolved me as a communicator. And I realized that uh, teenagers don't really think I'm cool anymore. They think I'm funny, but they don't think I'm cool. And uh, learning to still work within the confines of who you happen to be, that is, man, that's the goal. I want to preach and teach in ways that help students not to remember me, but for them to know and love Jesus more. Yeah, and and I tell you, and what you're saying really resonates, too, from the standpoint of saying – you know, you started when you're 25 doing No, you didn't start when you're 25, but you were doing this when you were 25 and you were doing it even before then. And a lot of people, I think they look at folks that are on a platform and they go, man, I would love to do that. But they don't necessarily think through what it took to get to that platform. And, and, and what I loved about kind of going back to how this whole thing started with you, man, you spent years at centrifuge just doing Bible study stuff. And then you spent years just doing the camp pastor thing. And then you were, like you said earlier, you, you would speak anywhere you could get a chance. Anybody that would have you, you'd, you were willing to speak because you were just wanting to get those reps. And that's the thing, man, to do something like that, it just takes a lot of reps. It takes a lot of work. You just don't automate. I'm sure there are some guys who immediately just start out a boom and all of a sudden they're on stage. Bam. Um, but I don't think that, I don't think there are a lot of those guys though, or, or girls. I think that most of the folks, they have to work at it, you know, and, and we forget that when it comes to pastors too. You know, we look at these big churches or whatever. We look at the Rick Warrens of the world and we go, oh, wow, man, that's so amazing. He sold millions of books and all that stuff, you know, but we forget about the fact that Rick Warren literally drove out to California without a building, without anything and started knocking on doors um, and just saying, hey, I'm starting a church, you know, and so it just it takes a lot of reps to get where you're where you're at. Uh, man, I, I just think that I, I, I've had multiple phone calls where a, a student pastor has been invited to do an event, right? And that's awesome. But their only experience with the traveling speaker was with a guy who did this full-time or quasi-full-time or had some type of reputation. So I've had youth pastors who've never really been given the opportunity to speak at stuff that have called and asked me, should I do a contract? I'm like, what do you mean a contract? You no, know, don't do a contract. There's, there's a point where you, that you've got to figure out what your ministry agreement is. It's not when you're preaching one camp every two years. You, you yeah. So, totally. and that's not degrading and not meant to sound that way. So feel free to cut that if it is, but you've got a lane that you've been given honor, honor that don't beg people to let you preach and teach that that's not helpful it doesn't help you it doesn't help them it's not going to advance you know when you're asking can i come can i come to your event over and over and over like it's it's just weird and kind of petty yeah yeah i got you um okay so chad we have a we have a longer haul youth ministry podcast group and I just took a shot in the dark here just a few minutes ago while we st- when we started recording, and I threw up a question on there and just said, hey, we're literally recording a podcast right now. Does anybody have any questions related to uh, communicating with teenagers? And Steph Chorus jumped in, and she said, communicating uh, while young people are on their phones, distracted by technology, how does or how and does it actually work? Can they legitimately multitask? 
So how are you handling all the, uh, cause that's changed for you over the years, a whole lot more phone issues today. How, uh, how are you handling that? Like what, what are some of your thoughts on that? You can ignore them, which is not the best thing in the world. You know, lots of events, they'll say, Hey, no phones out during worship or whatever. Uh, but for me, like I try to set myself up sometimes for the next day. Uh, I'm going to tweet a question later with this hashtag. I'd love to get your replies from that. I'm going to, I'm going to post this picture. What do you think when you see it on Instagram? And that's not stuff that I've been incredibly great at, but it is stuff that I've made notes of for this summer because I'm already thinking about, okay, what, what are ways that I can use what could be a distraction to my advantage? So, I want to engage that as much as possible. Uh, I, I do think they're difficult. You know, you you having you reminding students they can take notes on their phone is not a bad thing. Um, now, them taking notes all the time may not be what happens, but you also just have to trust and work really hard to make sure that the way you communicate in that situation is captivating. Because you know you're going to preach for a certain length of time, and do you want you want them to be with you? So use that to your advantage. I'm going to post this. I'm going to. I would love to get some interaction from you guys. Um, encourage them to tweet. I don't know Twitter. Or, do teenagers even use Twitter? It was, at one point, like a year ago, it was a growing. It was a growing platform for students. But I don't know if that's still the case. So. Mm, I don't think there are a lot of students on. They're missing out, but I love Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more of an Instagram, Snapchat world. That's my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. So you talked about time. Jody, did you have a question? Yeah, I was just curious what 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 you're thinking uh, or what you're seeing as far as kind of attention span. Is there like a sweet spot for length? I feel like everybody's shortening that more and more and I'm just curious what you're seeing well I think it's different based on your situation I think for if I'm a communicator to teenagers on Wednesday nights regularly that I'm probably looking at 20 to 25 minutes Uh, when I get to do an event where a kid has not been dropped off by his mom and dad when he finished soccer practice on a Wednesday night but when a student is actually at an event with me for a weekend retreat or for a conference or for a summer camp, you've probably got anywhere from 30 to 35. If it's something that you just know is captivating, you can go a little bit longer, but I try my best not to go over 35 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think for, I think for illustrations and stuff like that, You've got to learn as far as just helpful hints or whatever, not that you've asked for those, but time, like record your sermons, watch your sermons, have somebody you love watch your sermon, time out your illustrations. If I tell a story that lasts for eight minutes and eight minutes of my 30 minute sermon of my 30 minute sermon is me talking about uh, a, a time where someone dropped barbecue on me, then I've not made the most of my time because that's only one illustration. Eight minutes is far too long for that's 30 good. minutes. Yeah, that's great. No, that's really good. What are some things, Chad, that you see, like for youth pastors who are listening who bring in guest speakers, what are some things they can do to help 
you on your end to make the guest speaker more successful? You know what? Theme it out. Um, let someone know expectations on the front end. Yeah, man. Veggie tree. Uh, Veggie a good tree. theme is, Veggie you know, it's all, <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll take cauliflower. Um, a good, you know, well thought out theme is beneficial. Um, just being on top of interaction over every aspect. Don't let there be surprises because when, when I get to a place, if there are surprises, usually, you know, we can work around them. But I mean, there's always surprises when you work teenage. We know that. But don't let that surprise be the theme or where I'm staying or what time you need me to be there. Uh, you know, those things are – it's really helpful to have those on the front end. Chad, I will tell you that I wish more communicators did what you do when it comes to – you know, you talk about – the theming part. Unfortunately, I feel like so many traveling communicator types, you'll throw out a theme or you'll show up to a youth camp that has a theme and they're just doing their normal thing. Yeah. And it doesn't have anything to do with a theme. Like you'll be doing a Bible study and unfortunately you get to the sermon time and it's like, well, actually we're going through the book of Acts. Well, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. What are you talking about? And uh, so I appreciate what you're saying there, man. I think that's super, um, super important. What about what about what about the awkward question of? And I'm not asking you how much you get paid because that's not something we would talk about on the air. But but how 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 what do you if a youth pastor is struggling with that conversation about well, how much would it cost me to have you come in and all that type of stuff? Is it better for the youth pastor just to ask you point blank or is that kind of putting you put on the spot? Like, what are your thoughts about how would you advise somebody there? Uh, there was a season in my life where that conversation was rough, but I've learned just it's better to have it. It's it's better to, you know, if they let you know what they can do, then you do your best to work with that. If they, you know, if you need to lead that, I, I try to have that conversation super early just for the sake of, I don't want to be planning to do your event for two months. And then we start talking about numbers because if that's the situation, then I've already said no to two or three other things, or you have really gone all in on me being there. And when you, when it looks like that number is not going to line up, that's a, that's harder that's more awkward than having the conversation up front. If that makes any sense, like for, for us not to have the number that we're going to talk about, uh, whatever that is financially, it's that needs to be, it just needs to be talked about at yeah. the very beginning. Is it easier for them to come to, with a number or to ask? I, I think that, them asking is is helpful if but if they're like we're locked in at x then that's good yeah some churches have wiggle room on that stuff yeah. others don't sure sure yeah what about the whole uh transportation included in the island man that's rough that's hard First, i mean you can pull it off yeah. it's just hard because you have but again i just yeah. I ask that question because that's one that's hard for me as well. 
Like, because often I go, okay, yeah, but the, I mean, the honorarium versus the, 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 the getting their part. I mean, cause it, the travel can really eat into a lot. I started you know, because I do a good amount of stuff. I have a ministry agreement that, that lays those things out. So, so that we are yeah, all on sure. the same page with this needs to happen because if it's, we can pay you X and in my mind, Oh, X is great because X and my travel expenses, but in your head, we can pay you X. Well, that, that number can shift anywhere from 500 to $800. So, and that's a big deal. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Chad, I'm not going to, someone put you on the spot here. I'm not asking you, I'm not going to ask you for your ministry agreement that so that we put it on a link to it. But if somebody wanted to email me and say, hey, I'd like to connect with Chad and maybe catch a glimpse of what his ministry agreement looks like, would you be sure. willing for me to uh, send a copy to somebody no just for them to see that? Beautiful. Jody loves it. Jody, one of Jody's <laughs> favorite things is when I ask people. They could to just ask in the podcast. This is his favorite. Well, they could ask in the podcast group as well. That'd be amazing. So, um, But if somebody asks, I'll connect the dots there. And uh, get a copy of a stripped down copy of that or whatever, and uh, make that available. Chris at thelongerhall.com. Um, and uh, or you can email Jody because he would love to hear from you. Yeah, Jody at thelongerhall.com. With we'll, a Y, we'll, we'll get we'll get a copy and send it to you direct. We're not going to make it just public out there, but um, if somebody's really thinking about that, that'd be amazing. So, uh, all right, well, so. Um, Jody, anything else, bro, for Chad? He's got a head, man. Yeah. I think hey, we're wrapping this thing Chad, up. Chad, do, do you have like a resource of some kind that you just throw out in general for communicating, for helping a resource. be better at communicating? It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be a you know, tool I, that you use. It could be one of, for us, and Chris has been, through the guys at YM360, we do an event called Clear, and we bring about 40 to 50 student pastors into a room. Not just student pastors, but there are some youth pastors there. And we walk through the different angles of communication. And it's a really inexpensive resource. It's, it's, a, it's been good just to build relationships with student pastors and to be, for them to be able to email me and touch base. We've been doing that for a few years now. So that's cool. Are there, are there dates set for next year at this we're point? No, uh, I, that's not my decision to make, but we're, we're going to do yeah. one in Houston in November. So that's going to be fun. And we'll probably do one in Birmingham or Atlanta in the fall as well. Uh, Birmingham. Yes. Yeah, so I just pulled it up. Birmingham dates are set and Texas dates are set. So uh, yeah, we'll put some, we'll put some links in the show notes page. I have been to uh, Clear and it's it's great. It's a great opportunity to go and really uh, dig in and hone your skills as far as communicating goes. And Ed Newton is there as well, and uh, so it, it's it, and several others. Um, man, it's good. So good times. Hey Chad, if folks want to connect with you beyond here, where's the easiest way for them to do that? Uh, you know what, Chad at chadpo.com uh, is my email. Uh, since we're giving out email addresses, my Twitter is at Chad Poe. My Instagram's at Chad Poe. Uh, all those things. Uh, I love to be able to stay in touch with youth pastors. I, I do love student pastors. I, I believe God has called them to something that, I mean, that's not easy. That's not incredibly 
financially lucrative, but you're walking beside a generation of people who are trying to figure out how one, they're trying to figure out how, what their life is supposed to be. And how does Jesus fit in that? And you get to do that. That's a pretty great honor. So. Yeah. And I'll just say, and Chad, Chad's not asking me to say this, Jody, by any means, I, I just believe in the guy. And if you are, man, if you're in the Texas area, but it, it doesn't matter if you're in Texas or not, Chad can really go anywhere. Um, if you're looking for a D now or a camp type pastor, uh, I'm willing to put my name on him in the sense of saying you could trust Chad to do a great job with your kids and your kids will love him. And he's, he's hilarious. Um, and, but ultimately he brings it back to the word, which is huge. And so, um, seriously, if you're, if you're looking for someone, consider Chad, uh, as a great, um, great resource for that as well. So, Good, man. Chad, thank you so much, dude, for hanging out with us, man. Thank you, guys. I uh, appreciate your friendship, man, all the way back to that camp that we did that had like 10 people at it back in, what was, what was it, 2006? 2006, that, man, that, that was nuts. God, we ended up in Tennessee, Jody, and that's where we met. I was there doing adult training, and the camp ended up kind of being a bust. And literally, I mean, there were really, and in, in there were more than 10. 38 yeah, I mean, there it was a, 38. <laughs> <laughs> and that's no joke. And I had like three adults in the thing or whatever. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was something else, but been friends ever since, man. And so I appreciate you, man. And, um, appreciate what you do for sure. Been good. Grateful for you guys. Thanks you so bet. much, fellas. Yeah, See you, man. Well, there you have it, man. What a, man, what a great, great episode. There's a lot in there. I love Chad Poe. He really is a good friend, man. And uh, I really do trust that guy. So great stuff. Yeah. And I think that's helpful too for, for anybody there. So uh, make sure you head over to the show notes page, thelongerhall.com slash episode 061. Check out all those goodies and links that we have there. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it. And again, head over to Facebook and jump in the super secret although not really <laughs> private podcast. It's private group just for the longer haul. I'm having fun with that thing. I love it. Yeah, it's good. Good time. So Jody, I hope you have a great week there, brother. Enjoy <laughs> hanging out with teenagers. Enjoy your amazing family. And we will catch you on the next podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.